Good morning, church. How are you? Welcome to Fellowship Baptist Church. And when you think of our name, Fellowship, we are here gathering together as a body of believers this morning, looking forward to what God has for us. Let's stand together. Some Christmas carols again this week. Good Christian men rejoice. Let's lift our voices and think of what God has done for us. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Giving heed to what we say. News, news, Jesus Christ is born today. Oxman as before him bow, and he is in the manger now. Christ is born today. Christ was born today. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye hear of endless bliss. Joy, joy, Jesus Christ was born for this. He has opened heaven's door and man is blessed forevermore. Christ was born for this. Christ was born for this. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye need not fear the grave. Peace, peace, Jesus Christ was born to save. Cause you one and cause you all to gain his everlasting home. Christ was born to save. Christ was born to save. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Indeed, Jesus Christ was born, and Christian men and women should certainly rejoice. How wonderful this time of year is as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless us in this service. We thank you. We've got missionaries with us today. That's always a blessing. We pray, God, you'd use them to challenge us and, and use us to be a blessing to them. Bless this service. We want all of it to glorify Christ. We want to be used by you, God. Draw us closer to you. Teach us to know you better and to love you more. Anyone here today without Christ, God, teach them to know you today. We love you and we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I apologize for my voice. I sound like a high school boy. I don't feel like a high school boy, but I sound like one. Um, I really, I'm not even sick. No sore throat, sneezing, coughing. I'm not doing any of that. No fever. I just can't speak very well. So I'm sorry that uh, this is what you get today. I sound a little bad. Uh, but I'm preaching anyway, so sorry. Uh, you have to listen to God, not me. That's far more important. Well, this is a, a great day. We're glad that you're here. We're almost to Christmas. Just, uh, was it four weeks from tomorrow is Christmas? Four weeks, three weeks. Getting close. You're running out of shopping days if you haven't started yet. Uh, I started to say, call me. I'll give you the number to Amazon. There's no number to Amazon. It's online. I do about everything online anymore. It's so much easier. Uh, most people do. I think that's why the malls are in trouble. But we are glad you're here today. And if you are here for the first time, we welcome you. I do hope you'll come back. You'll hear me with a different voice next time, I trust. But we're glad you're here. God brought you here for a reason. 
And he has something for you in the service today. We pray that you will get it. Now, we would like to hear from you. If you did not get one of our welcome packets outside, right in front of you, there's a connection card. It's got a QR code, so you can fill it out that way. Or you can just fill it out the old-fashioned way with pen or pencil and give it to the ushers on the way out. We want to pray for you. And ask you on there today's date, December 3rd, and then your prayer request. We believe in prayer. Prayer works. And we want to pray for you, and we would love to pray for you. So if you'd give us your prayer request, I promise you that we will be praying for you. Also, if you will give us your email address, we have a free gift that we would like to give you. We can only do it by email. So please give us your email address, and we'll get that out to you. If you are watching online and it's your first time, we welcome you as well. We ask you to just go to our website, click on I'm new here, and there's an online version of the connection card for you. Again, we would love to hear from you. Well, we are always blessed. Wait a minute. Before I introduce the missionaries, I'm going to make a plug for Experience Christmas, although we'll hear some about that in our video announcements. Um, Experience Christmas is this Saturday. Please be inviting people. We have uh, these invitation cards out in the foyer for Experience Christmas and the ornament. The ornament is the following week on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Experience Christmas is this week on Saturday night. Experience Christmas, if you didn't come last year or weren't part of it, it is wonderful. You will enjoy it. Uh, we want you to come. We want you to pray. We want you to work. We need workers still. Uh, and we're going to be setting up after church today, so we need your help with that. Invite people to come. We take them through. They come in this entrance down here, and they go through six different scenes with live actors, and they get the story of Christmas. And we start at the beginning, and when I say the beginning, I mean the Garden of Eden. That's where we start. That's what tells you why we need Christmas. We cover the Passover. Why is Jesus called the Lamb of God? That's the Passover. He's the Passover Lamb. So we take them through six different scenes, ending here, giving them the gospel. We have on Facebook right now, I was just told this morning, 438 people have clicked that they're interested Last year we, was our first year we had 200 people come through. Over 400 have clicked, I'm interested. And I'm telling you, as you give out the cards, people are interested. And by the way, we added a petting zoo this year. If you know somebody with kids, just say petting zoo. It's like magic words. I, I did that with my therapist this week. I said, look, I want you to come. I know she has two little girls. We have a petting zoo. Petting zoo? She immediately went to the receptionist and said, they have a petting zoo. You want to bring your niece and nephew? She said, yes, can I have one of those cards? People will come. Now, I don't care if they come for the petting zoo. They're getting the gospel. They will get the gospel. So please be praying. It's all about getting people saved. The whole reason we're doing it, we want to see people saved. So please be praying, be helping. Uh, God's going to do great things. Well, I want now not want to, I'm going to, introduce our missionary. The Praetors are with us. 
uh, Brother Robbie and Lauren are going to the country of Paraguay. Uh, so Brother Prater's going to come now to have a video, and then he's going to share with us about that country. Well, good morning. Good morning. We're glad to be here with you. Thank you for uh, this opportunity uh, to be here with you. Thank you, Pastor Snyder, for allowing us to be here just to uh, share with you the burden that God has put on our hearts for the people of Paraguay, South America. Uh, my name is Robbie, and that is my wonderful wife, Lauren, there. You'll be hearing her sing in just a little while. Um, but just to kind of give you a little glimpse of who we are. Um, back in 2019, um, I had, uh, well, actually back in 2021, I had the opportunity to go to uh, Peru, South America on a seven-month internship. And um, it was there in Peru on that internship that the Lord really laid the country of Paraguay on my heart. Um, and so I had never heard of a missionary going to the country of Paraguay. And I knew that we needed to reach the whole world with the gospel and that if no missionaries were going to the country of Paraguay, then somebody needed to go. And so that is what drew me to the, to the country of Paraguay. And so I was able to take the first trip there uh, in 2021 to the country of Paraguay and was able to just realize that the door there is just wide open to the gospel. There are no restrictions on the work of the Lord, no restrictions on churches that can be planted. And so the country is just wide open for the gospel. And so I told the Lord that, that day that I would just walk through that door until he closed the door. And thankfully, he has not closed that door on us. And so Lauren and I, we were uh, able to get married um, a year ago, September. So we just celebrated our first anniversary. And um, I started deputation. Praise the Lord. Yes. And I, I started deputation just before we got married, about three months before that. And so in total, uh, we've been on the road for about 18 months now. And God has already raised over 88% of our needed support. And so we, uh, yes, a lot to, to praise the Lord for, a lot to thank Him for that He has done for us. And so our uh, goal is to be leaving on March the 12th. We have our plane tickets bought already. So just be praying for us as we are preparing to leave in just a few months. But this time we're going to go ahead and uh, show you our ministry video. And then I will come back and just highlight a few things from the video there. Over 150 years ago, the War of the Triple Alliance left Paraguay in shambles. Roughly two-thirds of Paraguay's population perished during the conflict, including 90% of its men. This landlocked country known as El Corazón, or the heart of South America, now holds strong nationalistic ties. For this reason, Paraguay has two national languages, Spanish and Guarani the Indian dialect that is still spoken by its people today. Although rich in cultural heritage and beautiful in its scenery, the country of Paraguay faces a much more serious war today. With 90% of the Paraguayan people claiming Roman Catholicism as their religion, the people of Paraguay are indoctrinated with false hope. Daily they live hoping that their good works will outweigh the bad to secure them an eternal home. They attend Mass and make futile attempts to pray their loved ones into heaven. The saddest part of all is that they have no one to tell them of the hope found in Christ alone. The people of Paraguay are blinded by their sins and destined for a godless eternity in hell. Satan is waging war on the hearts of the Paraguayan people right now and we need to do something about it. 
The excellent news is, is that Paraguay is a wide open mission field without restrictions on the work of the Lord. We need to take the word of God in the hope of the gospel to all those who desperately need it. We are the Prater family, and the Lord has led us to be church planting missionaries to the country of Paraguay, South America. We have partnered with Vision Baptist Missions and are sent out of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Jackson, Georgia, under the blessing of our pastor, Chad Gordon. Hi, my name is Chad Gordon, and I have the wonderful privilege of being Robbie and Lauren's pastor. I can't think of a better couple to invest in than Robbie and Lauren. God has used them tremendously, and no doubt He's going to continue to do that as they head to Paraguay, South America. God has used Robbie here in our local church. God has used him as he's preached and ministered to our church family. We are so excited about what God is doing in their lives. Could I ask you to do two things? Number one, pray big. Pray big for Robbie and Lauren. Pray that God would use them as their own deputation to raise their support. And number two, would you consider getting behind this couple? I can't think of a better couple to invest in than Robbie and Lauren Prater. Our plan for ministry is threefold and derived from the scriptures. First, it is our desire that all those we come in contact with would be able to experience the love of our Redeemer. We pray that all those around us would have the opportunity to know Christ in the hope found in Him alone. We know that love is an action word, and it is through the love Christ demonstrated on the cross that those in Paraguay can be saved. Secondly, we believe in the establishment of local, independent, indigenous churches that will grow and reproduce. We believe that it is God's desire that through the local church, people in all communities would have access to the gospel. Finally, we believe that those who are saved can be trained to continue the work of the gospel. We believe that discipleship is through the pouring out of life from one believer to another. Through this method of discipleship, believers are baptized, trained, and equipped to continue the furtherance of the gospel around the world. The war of sin wages strong upon the hearts of those in Paraguay, but we know that our God already holds the victory. It is our prayer that the Lord would already be preparing the hearts of men and women in Paraguay to come to know Him and serve Him with their lives. We are thrilled to be involved in this work and we're excited to invite you to participate with us. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us for the furtherance of the gospel to Paraguay? Well, you can see that there is still a great work to do there in Paraguay, South America. Uh, there in the video, there was a picture of us men, about 20 of us guys. We all had our thumbs up there in the picture. Um, I was able to meet those guys on that very first trip that I took to Paraguay in 2021. And we were driving around the city that week just trying to get to know a little bit more about the city. And as we were driving around there, uh, we saw that group of men and they were playing this game that kind of looked like volleyball. And so, but what we realized is that they were not using their hands. And so they would only use their head and their body and their feet. And they're doing all these flips and these tricks and they're hitting the ball over the net. And so we stand there, we're watching them and they invited us in, uh, began talking to those men. The name of that game is called Peaky Boli. And so basically it's all of the same rules as volleyball, except you just don't use your hands. And so I learned several things that day. Number one, 
I learned that I need to get into the gym because uh, I can't do all of those flips and tricks they were doing. But more importantly, we, as we talked to those men, uh, we asked them about a church in their community. And so they told us of one church that they knew of right down the road, and we go to find out some more information about this church. But come to find out that these men, they only know of one church in their community. And the only church that they know of in their community, it does not preach the gospel. And there those men are, they're living every single day, day in and day out in their communities, just like you and I live right here in America in our communities. But they are living in a community without the gospel. And when I look at those men, I realize several things. Number one, I realize that one day their soul is going to be faced with eternity. And that eternity is either going to be in heaven with their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, or that eternity will be faced in hell, separated from God. But when I look at those men, you know what else I realize? I realize that God loves those men. That he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for those men. And he loves them. He wants to save them. He wants to have a relationship with them. But before they ever come to know the Lord as their personal Savior, somebody will have to take the gospel message to their community. And as Lauren and I began deputation, uh, we began praying that uh, God would give us a theme for our life and for our ministry. And we prayed about many different things, but uh, everybody that knows me knows that one of my favorite things is crazy socks. I like crazy socks, but I began asking myself, began praying, what do I want to be remembered for when I die? And I might like crazy socks, but the truth is, is that I do not want to be remembered as the guy that loves crazy socks. No, I want to be remembered that I loved God and I loved others. And those are the two greatest commandments that we've been given. And so we chose uh, the theme of love for our life and for our ministry. The book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible tells us, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. We all know that that is the very nature of God. That's who He is. And when, he, uh, when we accepted Christ as our personal Savior, that that same love moved inside of us. And now it's our responsibility as Christians and as believers is to take the same love that Christ demonstrated for us on the cross and tell a lost and a dying world that God loves us so much that He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And one thing that our pastor has encouraged us to do is to pray big. How many of you in here this morning believe that we serve a really big God? And how many of you believe that He wants to do really big things in our lives? And that is so true, but it's so often that we don't pray big prayers. And so right now, our two biggest prayer requests, number one, is for the people of Paraguay. Would you be praying that God is preparing and working in the hearts and in the lives of the people of Paraguay, even this morning as we're meeting in this service here? That way, when Lauren and I get there to start our first church, their heart will be ready to come to know the Lord as their personal Savior, and then that they would surrender their life to serve the Lord. And then our second prayer request is for more laborers for the country of Paraguay. Right now, we only know of about 10 gospel-preaching missionaries for a country of 7 million people. And so would you please pray that God would burden somebody's heart, somebody's, uh, somebody's heart to take the gospel message to the people of Paraguay that have never 
heard. And if you'll stop by our table uh, this morning, we have our prayer cards there. And then we also, right below those, we also have some magnets that you're welcome to take and put on your refrigerator. And you're welcome to take one or both of those. If you take both of them, that just means that we get double of the big prayers. And so we are just fine with that. Um, But thank you again for this opportunity to be with you this morning. If you have any questions about us, our ministry will be at the table after service this morning. We'd love to meet you and answer any questions you have. Thank you again. Good morning, Fellowship Baptist Church. This is such an exciting week because this Saturday is Experience Christmas. It's such a good outreach and people are excited to come. We've been seeing great response on social media and we've given out almost 2,000 invitation cards. It's great. Now listen, this week is big. We need all of your help because we have to set this thing up from between today and Saturday. So. Here are the three setup times that we need you to show up for. The first one is today, right after the service. We need everyone to go to the Teen Wing and we'll start giving out jobs. Today is mainly about moving things into the right areas, some setup, but a lot of moving parts. Then this Wednesday at seven o'clock PM, we're gonna use everyone's help, except for the children and the children's leaders for the runway in the nursery. They'll have their regular thing on Wednesday, but everybody else, teens and adults, We need you to come and help us do the next big phase of Experience Christmas setup. And the final phase happens on Saturday at 12 o'clock noon. Bring a lunch or eat before you come, and then let's just hit the ground running to make sure that we're ready for an exciting day on Saturday. We need your help, we really do. It's huge and we can't do it without you. We'll see you today, Wednesday, and then Saturday at noon. Thank you. Senior adults, we love you. And we're so excited about our annual Christmas luncheon this Tuesday at 1130. If you've ever come before, they are so much fun. We play Christmas games, we eat a great meal, hear an encouraging message, and just have a wonderful time celebrating together. This is going to be a great luncheon, and you won't want to miss it. In fact, bring some friends and bring a dish to share. It's going to be a great day. Our Missionary of the Month is the Baptist Evangelist Missionary Endeavors, which helps start churches throughout Latin America. Money is needed to build an enclosure surrounding the property of a new church plant in the city of Shell, Ecuador. Please pray for this new church, the country of Ecuador, and give as the Lord leads. Yeah. 
The story doesn't change, but it does because of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what that song was about. Aren't you glad for your salvation in Christ this morning? Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to continue singing some Christmas carols. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to our King, Jesus Christ. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of Angels greet with anthem. 
great singing. I do want to point out that phrase, haste, haste to bring him laud. Hurry up, hurry up, and bring him honor and praise that he deserves. Many times in the American church, and I can see some of you this morning, you maybe look a little sad, a little tired, maybe your Christmas is on your mind, you forgot to turn the crock pot on, whatever it may be, but Jesus Christ does deserve our praise and honor, doesn't he? Amen. Thank you for your singing. Please be seated. At this time, Lauren Prater is coming with special music.
Did any of you get to talk to her before the service? I want to know where your country accent went when you started singing. <laughs> it was a beautiful song, but uh, you have a wonderful country accent. But it's hard when you're singing. I'm like, I don't hear that country accent. So uh, a very beautiful song. Well, we're going to take a moment to pray. If any of you would like to come up to the altar and uh, kneel down and pray, you can come make your way up on here now. We've got plenty to pray for. Amen. There's lots of needs out there, and um, we're going to ask the Lord to bless our services today and do a mighty work. He's already been working, hasn't he? Beautiful songs, praising him, praising God, praising everything, Lord. Uh, he's good. He's so good to us. So let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for another Sunday where we can honor you, where we can praise you and lift you up. And uh, cast all of our burdens, our cares aside and spend some time getting close to you and being taught. I do pray that you would bless our services, help pastor to preach a great message, speak through him. Have your wonderful Holy Spirit talk to each and every heart in here this morning. Lord, I do pray for someone to join our church today, for someone to get saved Somebody to come forward for baptism. Some people to make some choices or decisions for you. For us to confess sin that needs to be confessed. And for us to make decisions um, just for you, Lord. Father, I do want to lift up those. We have so many uh, needs. And uh, we know you're the great God that will hear and answer our prayers. I pray for the Wilkerson family. Lord, uh, losing a loved one is very difficult especially during the holidays, so I just lift them up. I do pray for Tommy and his girlfriend, uh, Teresa, and other family members that you would bless them. And then the funeral next week, Lord, I just pray for that as well, that you would uh, give me an opportunity to share the gospel and see uh, some fruit from that, Lord. Lord, I pray for Israel and uh, the Palestinians, the Jews, everybody involved there, Lord. Uh, horrible things are happening, have happened. And, um, Lord, we just are asking you to fix the problem, to fix the situation, to save souls, to bring anybody and everybody to you through that whole situation. But I do pray for peace for Israel and for protection for them. Lord, I lift up my wife and I pray for her. She's doing great. I pray for her to sleep through the whole night tonight. Uh, sleeping is her difficulty. I pray for that, that you would just bless her and heal her completely and just uh, give her a great night. I lift up Rebecca Morgan, Lord, and I pray for her to be totally healed. Um, Lord, she's just such a, a wonderful person with lots of life. I just pray for her to feel healthy and strong again. I praise you for the good report for T. Smith with uh, starting physical therapy. I do pray that that goes well, that she builds back up and can get back to doing some of the great services um, and serving others that you allow her to do. I pray for that. I pray for her spirit to be uplifted and encouraged. Lord, it's a blessing to see John and Kathy here. I just continually pray for uh, his healing and their health. Lord, just take care of them. And I pray for pastor's wife, Terry. Lord, I pray for just no, uh, no dizziness, uh, continual healing and uh, help for her. I lift her up and just pray for her to end up way better uh, completely better, healed, but way better than she was even before she fell, Lord. I pray for that, and thank you for answering that prayer. Lord, I lift up Peggy Griffin, and I know it's difficult. 
Um, you know, when your mind is slipping a little bit, I pray for her health. Uh, encourage her heart. Take care of her. I pray for Betty Moody. Um, just lift her up and pray for good health uh, for her. For Harry Mosby, that you would help his heart. Help the doctors. Give them wisdom on how they're taking care of him and uh, help him and his dear wife, Lord, and their family. And Lord, we, we have these two huge Christmas events coming up. And uh, I know I sent out the, uh, the message to my whole family this morning. And I'm just praying that they would come. Lord, I pray for visitors to come. The gospel will be shared at both uh, Experience Christmas and the Ornament. I pray for you to do some great, great things. Lord, selfishly, we want to see fruit on this side of eternity. We know we won't see it all until we get into heaven one day. But, Lord, uh, be with our setup today. No injuries, uh, great turnout, um, no problems from, you know, set construction and setup. For it to just go smoothly, and then again Wednesday night, and then Saturday for the event for just great weather. Uh, Lord, no rain or anything like that. A nice temperature that would uh, be great for our, our older guests and young kids and things like that. I just pray for your hand on all the actors and uh, all the technical equipment. Lord, keep, um, keep your hand on this church and what we're trying to do. Um, with you as our strength. And Lord, we want to um, not boast in anything, as the special music mentioned. We just want to boast about you. And so help us. Give us the right people. And I know it doesn't have to be huge numbers. It could be quality versus quantity. But we want to see some people saved. So we pray, help us to get the word out this week. And then for the ornament, Lord, as we're, you know, the choir singing, I pray for the... No sickness. I know that some of that's been going around. I pray that it's out of the church and out of uh, all of our homes, that everybody can, uh, you know, come in here and sing well and act well. Also, that you would help um, pastors voice and uh, take care of that. And Lord, we just thank you. We, we need you for everything. But you're so big and you can handle it and then some. And we praise you for that. So thank you for hearing our prayers. And Lord, by faith, I'm going to thank you for answering all of them. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. Thank you. Have you ever seen the impossible happen? God can and does do the impossible. Let's look in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 8 through 20. Uh, if you would, if you're able to, would you stand with me out of respect for the reading of God's Word? Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round, round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. 
and this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. You may be seated. Impossible things. Now, we have seen the improbable. And often the improbable is called the impossible. I like sports, especially football. And when you watch sports, you see things happen and they'll say, that's impossible. It really isn't. It's just improbable. It's not likely. A, a team might have a lead very late in the game, and, and they'll show the percentages if you're online and say, 99.9% .9 chance of winning. And then something strange, weird happens, and the team that had 0.1% or less chance of winning won. That wasn't impossible. It was improbable. We, we see a lot of that. Uh, my wife, you know the story. She was given 1% to 2% chance to live. Well, that wasn't impossible. It was improbable. Now, I have seen since then, and she went to outpatient physical therapy for the first time this this week on Wednesday, and the therapist seeing her for the first time wants to know the story and what's happening and, and where is she in her progress. And the therapist looked at her and said, you're a miracle. Though it wasn't impossible for her to live, for her to live and make the progress that she's made, humanly speaking, is impossible. It's a miracle. God not only does the improbable, our God can do the impossible. He does things that are not humanly possible. A, a miracle is God intervening in a way that man's not capable of. Now, some people have the idea that God created the world and he's like, okay, good luck and see ya. Some have even said over in, historically, God died. He made us and he died. We're on our own. Wrong. He is not up in heaven. Well, I wonder how this is going to turn out. No. God is very much involved in this world every day. Every second of every day. Only God can do the impossible. 
I, I want to read you a story. This is from Hope Children's Home. We support them, a Christian orphanage in Tampa, Florida. They do great work, and they, they send out a newsletter, and this is one of the stories in it. They were talking about, we serve a God of miracles is the title of it. There's several stories. And this one says, one evening, 12-year-old Levi prayed that the Lord would send us a boatload of bread. That sounds like a 12-year-old, doesn't it? Now, now, I like this kid. He's praying big prayers. I love what you said about big prayers. Our God is big. Don't undersell him. Uh, big prayers is great. So this kid prayed for a boatload of bread. The very next day, a gentleman stopped by to drop off a food donation. He'd asked a grocery store for their surplus bread to bring to Hope. But he didn't have room in his little car for all the bags. He arrived at Hope saying, I know this looks strange, but it was the only way I could bring you all the bread. He lifted back the tarp from the trailer behind his car to reveal the bread stashed in his 10-foot John boat. That's our God. You know God cared about that little boy's prayer. God said, you want a boatload of bread? I'm going to send you a boatload of bread. It's coming in a boat. They probably never got a boatload of bread before, and it may never happen again. But God answered that little boy's prayer. Miraculously, he laid on that man's heart, go ask that grocery store for some bread. To take the hope, God can do it. In Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Our God is able. Now, I, we sang the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I, I asked uh, Pastor Christopher and Rosie, let's sing that song. That's the title of my message today. Hark the herald angels sing. I'm not going to preach from the song. I'm preaching from the Bible. But that song was written by a preacher. It was written by Charles Wesley, great man of God. Uh, we're going to look at some of the verses from this song. It says in verse 1, God and sinners reconcile. That's what the whole song's about. That's what Christmas is all about. God and sinners reconciled. We're going to come back to that in a few minutes. In verse 2, it says, offspring of the virgin's womb. Is that possible? No, that's impossible, except with God. Only God can do that. Also in verse 2, it says, to hail the incarnate deity. And then it said, Jesus, our Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. God became a man. Impossible. But not with God. Verse 3 says, mild, he lays his glory by. Jesus stepped out of heaven, laid aside his deity, and took upon himself the form of a man. He became a man. He stepped down in humility in a way we can't even comprehend, really. If you and I were to become a worm, that would not be as big a step down as what Jesus took. 
for us to become a, a cockroach. I'm from Florida. That's the worst creature on earth. They all need to be stepped on. All 10 billion of them. Well, there's got to be at least 10 trillion. They're everywhere in Florida. Step on all of them. Jesus became a man. It's a bigger step than if you and I became cockroaches. He humbled himself really in a way that only God could do. It goes on in verse 3. It says, born that man no more may die. Well, man's certainly not capable of that. Only God. Born to give them second birth. Again, only God. Now, let me suggest something to you. The God who does the impossible can take care of you. The God, our God, who does the impossible can take care of you. The Bible has many stories of God doing things that are impossible. Some are merely improbable, which is a little less, but still a miracle. You think of Daniel in the lion's den. Is it a miracle that those lions did not eat him? Yes. Now, is it impossible? It's really not. It's possible you could drop me in a lion's den. Maybe they're asleep and I crawl under a bush and somehow they don't notice me all night and I come out of there alive in the morning. It's possible. It's improbable, but it's not impossible. But it's still a miracle because God did it. God, as the king said, your God closed the mouths of those lions. Now, Shadrach, Meshach went into a fiery furnace. That's not improbable. That's impossible. That, there's no way you come through a fiery furnace. Uh, even with a fire suit on, you're going to die. God did it. Our God does miracles. In Luke chapter 1, we didn't, we didn't look there, but in Luke chapter 1, John is told um, that his son, I'm sorry, not John, Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, Zacharias is told, your wife Elizabeth is going to have a baby. That was impossible. She was past childbearing years. It is impossible for a woman past menopause to have a baby. Maybe medically they can do something today, but they certainly could not 2,000 years ago. It was impossible. It happened. And then Mary is told, Mary, you're going to have a baby. Mary's like, wait, I've not been with a man. How can that be with God? All things are possible. And Mary, of course, bore Jesus. In uh, There's so many times that God stepped in when mankind had absolutely no hope. You think about the Garden of Eden. Now, how much Adam really understood when he sinned, we don't know. We know that he knew he was sinning against God. Eve was deceived. Adam was not. Adam knew he was sinning. Did he understand theologically 
I'm now separated from God. There's now no hope of me ever being reconciled to God. Uh, I don't know how much he understood. Did he know I'm going to end up in hell? Because when he sinned, he was cut off from God. The relationship was ruined. The perfect relationship that he had, God the Father and Adam, they had a great relationship, and it was cut off. There was no hope. What could Adam do to restore that? What could he do to fix the mess he made? Now, he knew he had made a mess. He would have felt within himself immediately, I don't have access to God. He also knew for the first time, hey, I'm naked. I'm going to go hide in the woods over here. Uh, he knew things had changed. There was no hope of him fixing it. None but God. But God intervened and promised right there in the garden. The first promise of Jesus was God told Adam what he was going to do. He promised the seed of the woman's going to come and crush Satan. God provided the first animal sacrifice to deliver Adam and Eve from their sin. When man had no hope, God stepped in. You know, if we had to get saved by the law, we'd have no hope. Amen. There are people today in Paraguay, Brother Prater talked about it, they're counting on their good works to get them to heaven. They have false hope. They don't have no hope. They have false hope. And that's worse. To have no hope to say, I, I don't know what to do. There's nothing I can do to get right with God. That's when you're in a position that God moves in. But when you say, hey, I got this. It depends on me. It depends on my good works. Well, of course I'm a good person. Of course, of course I'm going to heaven. There's no hope there. It's a false hope. It's a lie from the devil. That person has no chance to get to heaven until somebody shares with them the truth. God steps in when man has no hope. When there's no possibility, God moves in. God and sinners reconciled. That's God doing the impossible. Because you and I can't do it. Only God. In Luke chapter 2, the Christmas story, we see God's hand in the whole picture. The Messiah had to be sinless. How could Jesus die for us if he had sin? He would have to die for his own sin. Well, how could Jesus be born without sin when sin is passed on from the Father to the children? You and I could never figure that out. God said, I got this. He'll be born of a virgin. He won't have a human father. Therefore, he will have no sin nature. Some people try to claim, well, Mary had to be sinless too. No. Mary was not sinless, nor did she have to be because sin is passed down from the father. For Mary to be sinless, she would have to have been born of a virgin too. Oh, well, then her wife, but her mother would have two and all the way back. No, it doesn't work. Sin comes from the Father. Jesus' Father was God himself. Amen. 
the Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem. But Mary and Joseph lived in Nazareth. Is that a problem for God? No problem for God. There went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world would be taxed. The world's thinking, what? What are you doing? What are you taxing us for? What do you mean we have to go back to the city that we came from? Why? Why can't we just mail it in? No, you got to go back to the city. Yeah, but, but Mary's pregnant right now. I, I just pictured Joseph thinking, well, why can't I go and leave her? No, no. She has to go too. You have to take your wife who's nine months pregnant and travel to Bethlehem. Wasn't a real long journey, but Nazareth to Bethlehem isn't like walking next door. Uh, It's a pretty good trip. For a woman that's nine months pregnant, that's not easy. Why'd she have to do it? Because he had to be born in Bethlehem. Why did... You know, Augustus Caesar, Caesar Augustus, he just thinks he's getting more money. No, God had the whole thing planned out. God planned it all. Mary and Joseph, they thought, all right, all right, I'm sorry, Mary, we got to do the trip. You know, it's how it has to be. You know how husbands are explaining to their wife how they have to do something they don't want to do. I feel sorry for him. Uh, All you men understand. But... It's like, it's okay. When we get there, we'll go to the inn. It'll be okay. I, I'm, I'm going to get you a nice, comfortable bed. They got air conditioning at this inn, Mary. Don't worry about it. It'll be okay. Oh, it was, they wouldn't need air conditioning. They have heat. Heat they have. Uh, they get to the inn. No room. Also, God took care of everything, but he forgot to reserve a room for Mary and Joseph. No. Of course not. Why? Uh, because... Micah said, the tower of the flock. That's where the Messiah had to come. The tower of the flock, Migdal Adar in Hebrew. That's where the Messiah needed to come. They weren't in some random manger in Bethlehem because there was no room at the inn and the innkeeper said, hey, but I got a barn out back. Go back there. No. They were in the exact right spot. In fact, I've shared with you before, three times it says a manger in Luke chapter 2. You can go home, go to Blue Letter Bible if you want, go to any site that has the the Greek, and you'll see it's not just fate, which means manger or a manger. It says te fate, the manger. Not a manger, the manger. Those were not random shepherds in the field. Those were the shepherds that kept the sheep that bore the Passover lambs. And when the angel said, you'll find him laying in the manger, they knew what manger to go to. The manger where the lambs were taken, when they looked at the lamb and said, this lamb looks good, they wrapped it in swaddling clothes and put it in the manger where the priest would come and determine if that lamb was good enough to be a Passover lamb. That's the manger Jesus was put in. It wasn't random. God had it all worked out. No room at the inn because Jesus needed to be born and put in that manger as the Lamb of God 
who takes away the sin of the world. God used shepherds who are not exactly high class, the top people, lowly shepherds. God shared it with them, and they were the first ones out declaring the birth of Jesus. The lowly shepherd, God used them in humility to let them proclaim the Messiah has come. The whole story is impossible, but God. But God. The God who does the impossible can take care of you and me. Stop doubting God. Christian, stop doubting your God. He does the impossible every day. Every time someone gets saved, it's impossible, and God does it. I, I often hear of people who are upset with God or they're disappointed with God. I prayed. God didn't answer my prayer. Are you praying according to your will or his? Too often it's ours. When your prayer doesn't get answered, it's because you didn't pray right. It's not, well, God, sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no, and sometimes God says wait. That's not in the Bible. That's man's thinking. It's not biblical. I didn't get what I asked for, so I guess that was God saying no. Did God tell you no? Listen, if God wants to tell you no, he'll tell you no. He does on occasion say no. He told Paul, no, you can't go into Asia. I don't want you to go there. But if God didn't tell you no, you just didn't hear anything, you most likely didn't pray according to God's will. And he's not hearing your prayer. It's not that he's answering no. He's not hearing. Because we're told in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, if we pray, According to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petition that we asked of him. That's 1 John 5, 14 and 15. A uh, little paraphrase, not exactly quoted, but that's what it says. If we ask according to his will, he hears us. If we know he hears us, we know that we have it. Stop doubting God. Our God does the impossible. He didn't give me what I prayed for. Well, you know what? You ignore God's word. You live the way you want to live. You don't live according to the word of God. And then you're mad that God didn't do what you think he ought to do. Listen, truth is, we've all been there. We want to do it our way. God, I got it all figured out. Here's where you sign. God's not signing that. He, he doesn't do things our way. He does things his way. He said his ways are better than our ways. Anybody ever found that to be true? Amen. God does it his way. We've got to go his direction. Uh, people don't follow biblical principles for money. And, and then they get mad because God, God didn't give them what they wanted. I, I wanted this. I needed this. God didn't come through. Are you tithing? No. Do you give? No. You have a bunch of credit card debt? Yeah. You're not following what God said. Listen, if you're charging up Christmas gifts th this time of year, you're pulling out the credit card because your kid has to have the latest, greatest, whatever. 
I, I don't even know the game. My kids are old enough that I don't know the game systems anymore. Nintendo Switch or something. I don't know what any of them are. I don't want to know either. Um, your kid has to have the latest, greatest, so da 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 da, -da charge it. That's not going by God's word. God doesn't tell us to live that way. He tells us not to live that way. The borrower is servant to the lender. Stop borrowing money to buy things you can't afford to impress people you don't even like. People do it all the time. You've got to keep up with the Joneses. I like what Dave Ramsey said. The Joneses are broke. Trying to keep up with the Joneses, and the Joneses are broke. And the average, the average credit card debt in America is astronomical. I don't even remember the numbers. Like thirty or forty thousand dollars per family is average. You say, "Wow, I only got twenty. I guess I'm doing pretty good." Worldly speaking, you're doing pretty good. Biblically speaking, you're doing pretty bad. Get rid of the credit card. Live God's way. Follow God's teaching on money. He'll bless you, but he's not going to bless you doing things your way. we got to do things his way. Listen, if you're not saved, you need Jesus. It is impossible for you to get to heaven without Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you've never been born again, you need Jesus. In just a few minutes, we'll have a song of invitation. We invite you to come. We ha we'll have men here ready to help you. We have ladies available to help ladies. We will open the Bible and show you from the Word of God how you can know that you have eternal life. How you can be born again. How you can know that you're going to heaven. I don't know anything better than that. If you're not saved, it's time for you to trust the God who can do the impossible. If you are saved, Christian, when are you going to start trusting God fully? Stop trying to do things your way. Stop trying to figure things out and trust God. The God who can do the impossible can take care of you. He can handle your marriage. He can handle your relationship with a family member that seems completely broken. God can fix it. He can handle your problems at work. He can handle your finances. He can handle your health problems. Trust God. When are we going to really let go and trust him with everything? Like Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That means you give up everything to God. Here I am, God, I'm yours. You got it all. I surrender all. That's where God wants us. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Indeed, you can and you do do the impossible. And you can take care of us. And the wonderful thing, not only can you take care of us, you want to, if we'll just let you. Oh God, I pray that every Christian here would let go of the things of the world that we, we are so prone to hang on to in the ways of the world, to let go and fully 
surrender to you. Father, for those that are here and don't know Christ, God, open their eyes and show them the truth. They have no hope. It is impossible for them to get to heaven except through the blood of Jesus Christ. Show them their need of the Savior and draw them to Christ today. Father, have your will and your way in this invitation. We trust you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. We'll sing a song of invitation. We invite you to come. If you need to be saved, oh, be the first one down the aisle. Come, let us open the word of God and show you how you can know Jesus. If you want to come and pray, you're welcome to. We'll be glad to have someone pray with you or you can pray yourself. If you know this is where God wants you to have your church membership, come and see Pastor Chuck right here in the middle. Whatever the need is, come now as we sing. song. Oh, how we need them. Well, Pastor Chuck's going to introduce this young lady. Go ahead. All right. Come on over here. Now, uh, Kelly came down the aisle a couple weeks ago, and um, she said she wanted to know Christ as her Savior. And, um, we went back. Her and I and Pamela, we went back to my office and... Uh, we opened up the Bible, and 
showed her those wonderful verses about salvation, and um, she had a beautiful prayer and asked Jesus into her heart. So she needs to be baptized, but she wants to join this church, and she said, do I have to walk that aisle? And I said, I'll come get you. <laughs> so uh, that's what we did today, and I'm glad you did that. So um, after we close in prayer, uh, come down and welcome her to our family. It feels good to plant uh, someone to plant their flag with us. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. great. But we have, uh, before we do that, we have one special presentation we'd like to make um, to you, Lauren. Come here. <laughs> All right. We know that it's hard being a missionary's wife, and you do a lot. So we have a gift bag that we'd like to give you. Thank you for being here. All right. Thank you. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys want to head out to your table. We'll close in prayer and then uh, say uh, welcome to Kelly. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for new members. We thank you for missionaries. We thank you for great messages. We thank you for Jesus dying for us. Lord, give us a great day today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.